0: back to his light and life. we're going to continue on talking about the world the world and the big bad connotations that it rises it's like i want to start this one off because um i want to start this one i'm going to come at this one from a, a variety of different areas because i know for myself um it wasn't one thing that kind of really put this into perspective for me but it was a series of things it was a collection of things um Watchman Nee wrote a great book, Love Not the World. Um, Kriegel published a book by as a reprint of a Charles Finney book called Victory Over the World. There was a bunch of books that were instrumental and just kind of, and great sermons. Some great messages from great men of God that really, it, but it was a little, it was a slog. It was a little here, a little there. But I'll tell you, once it, once it really set in, I realized that, I don't know, a while back that I, I hadn't even thought of this. I hadn't even thought of this in years. It is, this is not something that once you get a handle on this, this is not something that you have to, you know, daily monitor. You don't have to do a calorie count on this one. When you realize your position in Christ and you realize what the world actually is uh, and why God has left us here in this world, uh it'll be you'll see the world more like uh like i see it whenever i think about it i see it like a fitness center <laughs> it's like a gym it's like a fitness center these are apparatuses that you, you know though you never you know you go to a fitness center and they got all these they have all these all these pieces of equipment and and they just sit there you they, they don't go anywhere they they just sit there they operate function and move in a certain way but you know, if you're not on them or if somebody's not on them using them, they, they just sit there, it's just a big clump of metal. The world is very much like that. It is it is God's fitness center for the children of God so that we can exercise the victory of the Lord Jesus Christ by faith against the resistance, because that's what a fitness that's what that's what gyms are. It's you moving your physical body against the resistance that is created by gravity. That's all it is. So by you moving a piece of weight or equipment apparatus or something in opposition to gravity, your, your physical muscles, they strengthen, they get stronger. And in exactly the same way, the child of God should see this world. Uh, you know, are you afraid of a piece of equipment in a gym? No. You go over and uh, you get on it and you do what you want to do and then you get off it and you walk away from it. The only difference, that's a perfect analogy. It's one I've used for a long time. The only difference is when you go to a gymnasium, you get to decide what piece of equipment you're going to get on. You know what it is. You know how it works. You know what operates. And you get on it and you use it that way. The victory we have over, or sorry, our walk in the world, according to the will of God, is different in this aspect. These are, these are, Ethical, moral, um, just social, um, civic responsibilities and duties, etc., that we participate in, and they are op- moving and operating most times in, op- in in opposition to who we are as Christians, and uh, they provide a resistance, and that resistance builds our faith, because on a gym and a piece of equipment in a gym, you're using your muscles. And in the Christian life, you're using faith—a faith that simply is a response to the victory that Jesus has won for you. So this is opposing that. This uh, this concept or this pressure or whatever it is is opposing the truth that they, we know of our victory in Christ. It's in contradiction to it, and we say, "Well, that's in contradiction. <laughs> that's not me. <laughs> that's not me." And uh, we we you know in your heart, it's like this little. This little, you know, lever is pulled, if you will, just like on a piece of equipment in a gym. And boom, the strength to resist that thing is present. And that strength is always coming to us by the Lord Jesus Christ. It is always his victory. It's never our victory. Okay? So when you get on a piece of apparatus in a gym using your physical body to function and operate and move against resistance that's created by gravity. And our victory over the world is won by, first of all, the complete and total victory over the world that Jesus has secured for us, and that minute by minute, moment by moment, his faith and power by the Holy Spirit are present in us, and that victory is re <laughs> Not by us, not by a battle that we participated in. But it's re-established. His triumph, his victory, his presence and power, and their ability to overcome all forms of evil and darkness is manifested again, and in that, the Father God gets glory. Okay, herein is my Father glorified that you go forth and bear much fruit. The fruit that we bear is demonstration of the victory that Jesus has won, period. We don't add to it, don't contribute to it. We only play a role, a vessel's role. Okay, you know, no one, no one repaired something, you know, picture some, some technician comes into some lab and he, you know, through skill and technique, he, 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 repairs a, a piece of apparatus that's very valuable and it's essentially no one else could do it and when he's leaving and he's got his bag of tools nobody says hey hey oh wow can I see inside that bag of tools and the guy says sure and he opened it up and he says wow man these are the tools that fix that piece of equipment look at them look at that tool look at that look at that look at that it's amazing that these tools could fix such a technical piece of apparatus and the guy would look at you like like you had three heads, <laughs> because a guy with that amount, of, a guy with that level of skill could probably go into a, anybody's kitchen and open the uh, silverware drawer and pull out enough tools out of there to do it. It is not the tools. It is the skill of the technician, and we are always the instruments, purely the vessel, the technician, the the superstar the amazing one and only, the high and lifted up, his name written in marquee lights forever is the Lord Jesus Christ and the victory that he has won for us and the power that is available to us because of that victory that he alone secured. And it's the same in this, it's the same in this instance, where I used a simple analogy of a gym or a fitness center, you physically moving against it in resistance, that builds muscles strengthens muscles range of motion you're able to lift increasing loads of weight the same thing in the spirit the same thing in the spirit but we don't use physical muscles in our walk in victory of Jesus we use our faith we use the truth that's revealed to us in the word we recognize the contradiction that the world the devil and the mind will and emotions of Adam represent to that and we say, no, Jesus has won. And that simple belief and not, not picking up the tools yourself, not trying to fix it, not trying to be your own technician, not trying to establish something of yourself, not trying to please the Father. Nothing pleases the Father but the victory of his Son. All of those things combined, and we do that over and over and over with equipment that we didn't get to, with apparatus that we didn't get to pick, it comes to us as a surprise most times. You walk out your front door and you're dealing with this today. and You walk out your front door tomorrow and you're going to be dealing with something else. You don't get to pick the piece of equipment that you work against. They come to us randomly. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Just like the life of Jesus, and he dealt with everything randomly. He was moving on a mission. He was led by the spirit, but the things that occurred and happened were random. You know, he was, he was says, and you know, and and Jesus was, after he was delivered from in his hometown, supernaturally, and it says in the spirit of the, the spirit of God drove him out to the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Gee, thanks. That's how it works. That's how it works. But he was driven out, and he was led out, and he was directed by the Holy Spirit to win the victory. And we're directed, and we're led, and we're guided, and we're, 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 we're positioned and placed to to just simply demonstrate the victory that he has won. And to allow that victory to be demonstrated, demonstrated through us. And by that, we become the manifestation of the sons of God. We manifest him. That's all it is. That's all it is. We are ever the vessel, and he is always, he is always the victor, okay? So, but we're talking about the world, and I want to read a portion of scripture, and it's a portion of scripture that's often under, misunderstood, and it's misunderstood because it is uh, it is a contrast. And this is in first, uh, first John, uh, and we're going to be reading 2, let's see, 2.15 he says love not the world neither the things that are in the world if any man love the world the love of the father is not in him now most people never pause there and stop there and and spend enough time there to 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 dem- to see to show that John all through the first two first, uh, first two chapters of 1 John he's making a point he's making a continuation of a point that he is um, drawing a comparison, okay? Like he says back in two four two, uh, chapter two, verse four. He says, "He that saith I know him and keepeth not his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him." That's a pretty. Hard, that's a pretty harsh statement. That's a pretty harsh statement, don't you think? You know, you say you you say you know him, but you don't keep his commandments. You're a liar. Okay. Right. That's great. And he's drawing the same conclusion here. He's making the same connection here. This is not an instruction to a Christian. This is a distinction where you can compare. You can look at somebody. You look at somebody and say, well, I'm a Christian. And they never, there's no fruit at all there. There's no demonstration. There's no conviction. There's no desire to live a life that's even, they're not even trying To keep his commandments. They live like the world. They act like the world. Yeah. Because they're of the world. Being in the church doesn't make you a Christian. Any more than being a McDonald's makes you a hamburger. It's just a place. It's just a place. It's about actions. Right? It's about actions. And he's saying here, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world... If any man loves the world the love of the father is not in him Okay that that he's making a distinction between two kinds of people There's a people that there's a person who says well oh, you know I know him doesn't keep his commandments and there's another person that says I love him but he loves the world You can't have that contradiction a Christian is going to keep his commandments, as I've said in another podcast, because you have the law of God written in your heart and your mind. And the cop, the police officer, the one with the power and authority to enforce it, is the Holy Ghost, and He's inside you. You don't need a police officer hiding behind the trees, by, you know, with a radar gun. The police officer and the spirit of God is the spirit of God inside of you, and He's not in there to judge and write you out a ticket. He's in there to convict you. So the you know ooh, okay all right <laughs> he didn't he doesn't expect us to be able to walk out perfectly the, the 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 incorruptible seed that's inside of us he's there to teach us and train us and develop us like a coach he's a comforter he, the the word parsley the Holy Spirit the word is parsley there it's one who comes he comes alongside takes to hold together with against that's what he does he comes alongside to take hold together with you against. The opposition that is going to come to you from the mind, will, and emotions of Adam, the liar who is roaming around, uh, you know, the 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 vagabond, the unemployed angel, and the law of sin and death. Right? The Holy Ghost is your friend, my friend. <laughs> he's he's leading and guiding you when the spirit of truth comes. And Jesus said, when the spirit of truth comes, he will lead and guide you into all truth. Yeah, if you're doing something wrong, <laughs> it's wrong. And he'll he'll tell you what is right because that will lead you into the truth. That that's uh wow, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Holy Spirit, for showing me one more time that I'm me. <laughs> <laughs> that I am not Jesus. <laughs> oh, that's great. So he said, I'm going to read this again because I want you to draw a distinction. He's drawing a distinction first between two different kinds of people. One who loves the world and one who loves the Father. And then he makes he breaks that down and he goes, he says, for, uh, he says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world... The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, is not of the Father, but it is of the world. And the world passes away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Now it's important to note that he's talking about all that's in the world. where he says right here, for all that is in the world. Now he's talking there about the world system as we know it, the established system that we know it. Uh, I want to I want to stop there for a second and 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 make make a point that's often misunderstood. So the kingdom of heaven, the fiber of the kingdom of heaven, God's intention and plan and everything is woven into the world. It's woven into the creation. Okay. So for this analogy, I just want you to think of more like of the construct of the of the architecture of the way things operate, the flow of things, the the connectedness that we have to things and how they relate to god okay so uh the world has a lot of different words for it the, the non believers have a lot of different word, words for it but if you if you if you sow a bunch of what a man sows what a man reaps he's what a man sows he reaps that's really in a nutshell that you're going to get back what you gave and god put that into place that's that's you know that's a uh, that's a, that's he operates by that. He gave his son and he received a harvest. You see God doing that all the time. Now think but if you think about where he says for all that is in the world and we have this 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 con this this, this position in mind that says okay so you know the world itself the, the, the system is corrupt but you have to understand it's only corrupt because it was made by Adam. If I wouldn't put it another way, if I had a piece of land uh, and I built a house on it, that house would be a reflection of what I wanted on it. And if somebody else built it, another piece of land, they, they would have a, a rep, They would have a representation of what they wanted on it. Now, God owns the earth. It's all his man is on the earth. He was the first steward. He fell. So therefore, he's here. He's still here. And he built a system. He built a system on the world that he doesn't own. Okay? This is important to note. Um, It's not quite a full podcast, but uh, it's important to note. The non-believers that are on the earth right now are trespassers. Okay? They're trespassers. It's like you're walking along. And, you know, you find some house and there's nobody, nobody there and you knock on the door and no one's there and you go inside the house and still no one there and you're, you know, you're at first you're a bit tentative and hey, anybody here, anybody here and there's no one there. So you say, well, well, they won't mind if I grab a glass of water, you know, so you grab a glass of water. And, uh, oh, well, you know what? I'm a little bit tired. I want to sit. Actually, that couch looks great. I'm just going to sit down and rest for a while. And you sit down. And, oh, there's a remote control. Poof. Turn on the TV. Oh, okay. Oh, soccer games on. Great. This is good. This yes, water's nice. I wonder if they have anything else. Oh, there's, there's a pop home. I may as well make myself a sandwich. And you begin to settle in. Now, I want you to know that you could be functioning and living in that house for days. You could call some friends over and they could come over and you have a barbecue, have some friends, kicking a beach ball around in the backyard, throwing Frisbees, and everyone's having a great time. But all of those activities, that participation at that place, in this case, a house, does not equate to ownership. No matter what you do there, it will never result in you owning the home. It's simply the structure that you've developed at that home. Okay? But it doesn't affect ownership. Adam never owned the earth. God always owned the earth. Adam was put on the earth as a steward. He was given a dominion that was based upon a probationary test. It was probation. Probation. Ever seen somebody on probation? They have to, There are certain requirements that they have to meet if they don't meet those requirements to go back to prison. God, was, God put Adam in a garden, and he was there under probation, and that probation required him to participate and to interact with that garden in, in a way that God had chosen and God had established. If he didn't, he broke his probationary period, and all the stewardship authority and dominion that he had been given was taken back. It had nothing to do with ownership of the earth. God still owned the earth. Now he had no connectedness to the earth. That's important. And we'll get to that later. And you see the first significant connection his major connection back into this earth where he could repenetrate his creation was through Abraham. And we'll get to that. I mean, Abraham's 20, 20 podcasts. (laughs) I've there's you know, I don't want to scare anybody, but yeah, is Abraham is it, it. That is endless. But that's where God repenetrates in a significant way his creation. But back to the story that we were talking about. So at any point in time, I don't care how much fun the people at that house are having, and it doesn't matter how long they've been there. It could have been weeks and weeks and weeks. The owners are in the south of France on vacation. But now I want you to just picture one car. So there's you know, 50 people at the house, and all of a sudden one car comes up. And there's a man in the car, and there's a woman in the car, and he gets out of the car and he and he closes the door and he looks up and he goes, "Hey, what's going on in my house?" He calls the police, the police come party's over, and what we are where we are right now, in connection to the verse that I read, is for all that's in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. It's not of the Father, but it's of the world, yeah, cause the world was made by Adam. That's the construct. That's the beach party that's happening at the house. Adam, female, lusted with her eyes, lusted with her flesh, and she saw that the tree, was the knowledge of good and evil, was able to make one wise. Pride of life. Abraham's treason was rebellion. He took and ate. Okay. He knew full well what would happen. So their offspring, their children, have built a world construct, a system on the world that is based upon meeting the, need, the needs, des- desires, and lusts of their flesh. That's the world system. Makes things that are beautiful. Makes things that are, makes things that, that are, that are attractive to the eye. Sells products that makes people attractive to the eye takes the minerals out of the ground and makes fine jewelry out of it, takes whatever he touches, whatever Adam touches, he turns it into the satisfaction of his flesh. That's all he does with it. So when it says the world, it's simply, you know, I can simply sum it up by, by saying that it's Adam. That's the construct that Adam made. It's not evil. It's evil in the sense of your covetousness of it. And if you think about it, everything of the world can be summed up in the word covetousness. Man covets. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life are covetousness. Adam, uh, male, coveted self-reliance and independence from God. It's all covetousness. That's what it is. So he's saying that if you covet the world... The love of the Father is not in you. Why? Because you're not coveting the Father. Covet is a deep, deep, deep desire for. Look around you. The people of this world, they have a deep, deep, deep desire for the things of the world. They want more of it. They want more money, not so they can feed the poor or help people. They want more money so that they can gratify their own flesh. That's what James says. You ask and you receive not. You receive not because you would use it on your own lust. You ask a You ask that you would, create, you would satisfy your own flesh with it. The Father God's a Santa Claus for them, right? I mean, there's entire... There's entire movements of people (laughs) and and they try, you know, your, your relationship with God, your, your connectedness to God, your spirituality, whatever is based on the the car he's blessed you with, the, the house, houses you live in. Wow. Like it, that's a blur of the two things. Okay. We'll pick it up here next time. We're going to continue on on His Light and Life. We're going to continue on talking about the world and how the Christian most definitely should not be afraid of it, should not be concerned by it at all. And it's like... It's like... uh, (laughs) It's like if you... It's like if your focus is on if if your focus is on Jesus, if your focus is your your covetousness, your lust, your desire, your 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 entire energy and focus is for the Lord Jesus Christ and understanding the victory that He has won, and and filling your heart with gratitude for Him and looking forward to ever praising Him for all of eternity. Then, you know, every now and again, you kind of look over at the world and, you know, the system of the world and you go, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't notice you're still here. Can I help you? We'll see you next time on His Light and Life in the Victory of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to His Light and Life. Do you have questions or want to speak with Mark? Please reach out using the email in the description will see you next time on His Light and Life.